And welcome to Real Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Carrington. And we have, first of all, for the first time ever, we've got Cody with his face. On camera. On camera. Yeah. Other than Instagram, you now know my face. How's it going? Oh, it's nice to see your face again. <laughs> How's it going? Hello. Fantastic. And you got a new mic, so you sound even better than normal. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, as you can already tell, we got the one, the only, Phil the Chef with his Minnesota United gear on currently. Uh, hi. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Merch. Thanks. Yeah. Got that Nellos merch as got well. Got the Nellos merch as well. Our merch. Pimping everything I like here tonight. Thanks for having me on. I feel like a very honorary dude at this point. You pretty much are. Thanks to quarantine, we all have time on our hands. <laughs> and I know you're on a temporary vacation right now. Or I should say mandatory vacation. Staycation, rather. Yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, it's over in about 12 hours. It was a good run. And Carrington with his giant bottle of the crack and then he's sipping on <laughs> Just straight swigs like a champ. <laughs> And my Foo Fighter shirt that I got when I saw them in Cincinnati. For everything. Everything. Oh, wait. I, sorry, I shouldn't have said that word. <laughs> and Cody's got his Star Wars Clone Wars in the background that he was watching I, earlier. Um, yeah. I got to <laughs> go back to that. I got to watch the newest season. I'm behind. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. One Seasons one and two are boring, though. Four I'm through six. Season one. I was going to say four through six is some of the best television you'll ever see. I'm not even lying. But uh, we're not here to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, that was me biting my tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we are here to talk about a couple of games that have been out for quite a few years now. So the year is 2020. We're going to talk about two games. One was uh, released in February 2015 called was, Off Peak. I was young. Once upon a time in 2015. Yeah, I was 25 years old at the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other game we're going to talk about is the Norwood Suite, which came out in 2017, just a few years ago. Why are we talking about these games that are a, a little old? Well, let me tell you. We are dry on content. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anything else to talk we about. So we're time all, traveling. We nothing else to do. Yeah, we are time traveling. <laughs> Um, so the developer Cosmo D, it's just one dude, he is about to come out with another game here in a few weeks. So I figured why not review the games that he made previously that are set in the same world and let's just hype up the new game until it's ready to come out, which it'll be, like I said, in a few weeks, which I will go over later. It's part of our, our new section, so stay part of the news so I can talk a bit more about that game. But first... We're going to talk about Off Peak, which was his first game set in this universe. It came out on February 15th, 2015. Uh, you can get it uh, for free on Steam. And if you have uh, PC, Mac, or Linux, it is compatible with all three of those. I this, not play this one. It, I will say this one takes like 20 minutes. It's free to play, and it takes you 20. If you have 20 minutes to burn, do it. This game is great. Uh, the what synopsis. Stuck at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're I listening to this, go to play it. What's that? I mean, I said I didn't have enough warning to play it. I mean, a sure, warning, yeah, three I hours mean, warning, but still. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was like, uh, Phil, I, I got no one except Cody. You should come, and here you are. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so here's the official synopsis that Cosmo D has for Off Peak. 
says you're stranded at a cathedral-like train station in the near future, searching for a ticket out of town. Explore the secret passageways, interact with strangers, dig for records, and get hypnotized by the soundtrack. So I will say right off the gate, uh, Cosmo D is a very abstract person when it comes to his games. So don't expect a normal game when you play this. Uh, expect a very... This is... When I finished the Norwood Suite on stream, I said, this is why I love indie games. Because you can tell this dude, he, he made it by himself, first of all, and he just has this vision and he's going for it with no outside influence. And he just has, it's, it's like almost like an indie film that's kind of like on the artistic side where, yeah, it, it looks really weird and crazy. And if you were on any kind of drugs, you'd have one heck of a trip. That's not uh, very PG. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's very trippy. And and just, like, looking at the visuals, you can just tell. Everything's, like, colorful. There's weird stuff going on everywhere. Um, but everything has a purpose. It's not just there to just be weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell he is trying to tell a story. It's it's an off peak. It's not as relevant as Norwood Suite is. So if if when you're playing off peak, it's really literally you just showing up to a train station and trying to get out of town. Like that's and you just find a ticket. You're, you're put the tickets all ripped up, and you just got to put the ticket together, and then you get out. Like it's that simple. It's that easy. But here's what draws you in besides the visual visuals. It's the music. It is so great. If you have 20 minutes just to play it, you don't have to. I will say, because we are a bit more on the family friend, Off Peak does have some language in it. It's not rated, but I will, for if anyone out there with families and stuff like that, I'll just put that out there. It's a bit languagey. It's not, it's not <laughs> offensively, it's not offensively bad, but there's a couple curse words in there. So I just, I'll put that warning out there. Um, but it's not, like visually speaking, there's nothing there that will off put you that you might have to explain to kids kind of thing. There's nothing like that in there visually. <laughs> like, are we talking, they go all the way down to dropping the F word. There were two F words in there and okay. that was wow. there, but there wasn't anything else. And as far as language goes, there were two F words at the, like within the first five minutes. So it's oh, like my- a conversation with me. Yeah. <laughs> Outside <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say I played what? off. Mm-hmm. No, you do your thing. I'll come back. Okay, got I was it. gonna say um, I played off peak second. I didn't like it as much, but um, I'll get into that later. Why when when I compare it to the Norwood Suite? When you talk about how good the music is, what style would you classify the music as being? Jazz. Okay, uh, it's very Abstract jazzy. Jazz. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, because you've played Norwood Suite, Cody. Yeah, it's it's very similar to that. Um. So yeah, like, I, without getting too much into the Norwood Suite, uh, when people talk in the Norwood Suite, everyone has an instrument that represents them while they're speaking. Hmm. Um, that doesn't happen in Off Peak. So when people are speaking, there's just text on the screen, and um, there's just like the music going on, but there is no instrument or song representing the person while they're speaking. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't like Off peak as much but um it's very short it's very simple uh 
like I said, it's very abstract. You can tell he is talking about like his message he's trying to get out is, is it's about music in general. I didn't quite get it in off peak. I felt like the message was lost to me personally, though. Is it first person or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all done in first person. Okay. So um, kind of walking simulatory, if you will. Oh, very walking simulator. It looks like no... it would be great in VR. Yes, that would be it great. Is, it VR. is that type of gameplay where it's basically all you see is your hands at certain points and you can mm-hmm. interact with things. I feel like it'd be really good in VR, but as an indie studio, I don't know what he can all do. But And you said it's just a one-man guy, a one-man studio that does all this? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Maybe he could get together because Donovan is playing a game on stream every Wednesday called Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. And that's also just made by one guy. And it's a VR game. So I don't know if he, they can get together and collab on something. That would be great. <laughs> huh. yeah, that's a heck of an idea. Yeah. But uh, so there's not really much to say about Off Peak, really. Because uh, like I said, I beat it in 20 minutes and it's very replayable because I'm sure there's stuff I missed. There's definitely stuff I missed and I could definitely go back and play it again and i wouldn't have any problem or or like it wouldn't feel like a chore to play it again for me personally and you're saying it's achievement count it's a decent story cody you first what was your (laughs) achievement count on steam out of the six achievements how many did you achieve uh i do i have steam open right now i don't know i don't have steam open i don't feel like starting it up right now so i i would have to get back to you on that one cody (laughs) your screen was blank oh there it goes Screw it black again. Um, and what was your question, Phil? Yep. <laughs> I, I don't remember, man. Um, you said it was a decent story, right? Yeah, it was a decent story. Um, yeah. Is it kind of, no, you said walking simulator, but kind of mm-hmm. not choose your own adventure. It's more so explorey, grab a bunch of stuff, put your ticket together, hop on the train and go. Yes, yeah, something does happen. Yeah! At the, I will say something does happen at the end. I won't reveal. That kind of ties this and the Norwood suite together because yep. there are quite a few characters. There's one character in particular that show, shows up at the end of Off Peak and at the beginning of the Norwood suite that kind of ties those two together. Okay. So what was your overall thoughts, impressions, and or score of the game, Carrington? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just your smile, your smirk and smile. I know what you're replying. Um, so like I said, I played this one second. So with it being such a shorter game um, and there were a couple of things that the Norwood suite had um, that Off-Peak didn't have yet, you can definitely tell Off-Peak was the more experimental game that the developer was trying, that Cosmo D was trying to, you know, trying to get his feet wet because you could tell that he has a vision for the future and this was just the first step towards that. With that said, um, I would give Off Peak probably, I'd probably give it like a 6.5. 65. (laughs) 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 Joke. Um, But no, seriously. There's nothing inside about that thing. That thing's out in public, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, I would give it probably around there, um, like a 6.5-ish. one for like i said um the message wasn't as clear either um that he's trying to give out and the fact that it's very very short um to try and deliver that message it doesn't quite do it for me 20 but, minutes is a 
short time to tell a story. Yeah, it's super short, but I will say the soundtrack's great and it's it's a great time to I mean, we're all in quarantine. Go check it out. It's free. What more do you have to lose than lose 20-ish minutes, 20 to 30 minutes of your time, really? Honestly. Can't argue that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and then so now I'm gonna get into the Norwood suite, which has a very similar message, but it tells it in a much better way. Um, and Cody was, played Norwood Suite as well. I I did. Okay, I played it before Carrington. Honestly, oh yeah, nice. I played Cody it in played 2018. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before we get into that, does Cosmo yeah. D have a background in music? Did he like? Does he create the music for all his games, or is that outsourced? So know? it's definitely someone else doing the music that he has outsourced. However, comma, I. There's not much information out there about him himself, so I don't okay. know his story or anything like that. Because okay. I tried looking. Trust me, I tried to look. And I'm okay, like... I went to his website, and you can mm-hmm. buy the soundtrack, but I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't tell me who's it by. In Steam, it says who's it's by, oh, but it I can't remember the Cosmo name. Cosmo D, but... That's just because it's the Norwood Sweet soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, Cosmo, let us know if you listen to this. Did you create the music yourself? Well, at the very end of the game, there was credits in a very different way, and I don't remember what it said. Oh, okay. Because at the very end of Norwood's, and I should say at the very end, I probably 10 or 15 minutes left to go, but there's this random person sitting outside of a a hotel room, and they just have their hand out like this, and you can totally just walk by them and not even pick up the item that they're holding, but when you pick up the item, it's just a piece of paper, and it's the credits. Hmm. But I That's don't remember cool. what it said. Yeah. Um, yeah, Norwood Suite's really amazing. Like, good Lord, it's so much better than Off Peak. And I mean that in... Agreed. Oh, I, I mean that in a good way. Like, I, it's not like Off Peak was a bad game or anything. But Norwood Suite is just so much better. And it's so much... I will say, it's also short, though. So, Off Peak, 20 minutes. Norwood Suite, I've beaten about two hours. So, it's, it's, it's still... Well, was it an hour and a half? <clears throat> For me... Okay, but I probably missed some stuff. Gotcha. What was your first impressions, Cody? If you can remember, think back two years ago before quarantine life. <laughs> there was a life before this, <laughs> right? Huh. It was less. It was a lot stressful. A lot more stressful life outside of quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm still working, man. So I, I'm, yeah, you know, me too. But it's less pressure. <laughs> but gosh, 2018. Let me remember mm-hmm. August. 10th of August of what 2018. This was after we visited Minnesota. This was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. God. I it don't know. In March. It was. <laughs> I remember being really good. The mm-hmm. um, art, the graphics, whatnot, was weird because it was mm-hmm. kind of like Pablo Picasso, kind of like patched together type. Uh, pieces of furniture mm-hmm. like it all fit together it fit together i'm on camera now i don't know where my hands are <laughs> <laughs> this is weird i'm like i can't like close my eyes and like drift off or anything it's like i have to actually like pay attention now <laughs> it's just weird i want to turn my mic or my camera off this is i'm awful. actually playing with action figures that's why you don't see my hands <laughs> uh, no it was the art what is the word the art it's not art it the help me out here can't you style it is the, yeah art style that's it there you go 
I'm thinking art supply, but I'm like that. <laughs> no, the Pens art papers. Uh, yeah, gosh. Markers, crayons. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm lost. Carrington. Art style. You enjoyed it, or you, it was different. Looked like Pablo Picasso. Everything was jammed together, but fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Put down the action figures for two minutes. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, I agree about the art style because it's so. I mean, even though it's the same, like Off Peak and Norwood Suite share the same art style, it just seemed much more well put together in it doesn't seem as random as off peak it seemed more like hey here's a section where you're going to see this style where it's going to have like more classical piano e type of -hmm. stuff surrounding everything and then oh here's a room where it's going to have more modern stuff in it whereas off peak it was all really just mashed together all in like one big train station um whereas the the norwood suite it was confined to uh rooms or areas of the hotel like say the bar had a certain aesthetic to it and it was much different than say the kitchen but the hallway had its own style as well that fit everything and And when you were outside of all that it felt like everything was fairly normal i feel like the music set the scene for a lot of things Mm -hmm. the music set the tone for what you're going to face in the kitchen in the dining room living room hallways and the people you encounter are having different instruments behind them and how they interact with the music. And a lot of that set the tone for what you feel in the game itself. And I think that added to it a lot more, having those instruments having representing like different characters and stuff. Like you could have like a small, because there's in the lobby, when you first enter the lobby, there's like a small band in there and each person like one person is like a violin someone's a piano and someone is like a guitar whenever they're speaking those instruments you hear those instruments playing on top of the music that's already playing when you're in the lobby and it it really works well together it doesn't clash at all and it's very it's very soothing to hear huh you're saying that the music not that the person itself is a violin or whatever but just that when they talk that's what's playing yeah exactly okay because for a second, I pictured musical instruments as all the characters in the game, and it was like a weird Disney cartoon from the 40s. No, no, nothing like that. I, I will say, like, um, when, it, when you hear that stuff, I don't know, it's just so different and, and refreshing to play a game like this, because I feel like right now, the hot thing is, is to make a platform game if you're an indie developer. Most definitely. And it's not that I hate platforms. I love platforms. Mario, I love Sonic, and I love uh, Celeste and, you know, Super Meat Boy. Those are all platformers that I love. But I feel like it's it's gotten... I feel like those are like the pinnacle and everything below that is like, you know... Yeah. Not as good. Especially with something like Celeste we played in recent years really set a high bar for platformers. But have you ever played Guacamelee? I've played Guacamelee. Mm-hmm. Good. Guacamelee is excellent. One and two. Yeah, those are great. Um, what was I going to say? But after you play, say, maybe three or four of them, it's like, I feel like I've played them all now because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to copy a certain thing. Yep. So to play something like the Norwood Suite was so refreshing. And I didn't have to. It wasn't about winning or losing. It was, it's like an experience. 
Is that the same first person style as the previous game was too? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I will say this one, so Off Peak doesn't have a horror or scary tag to it, but the Norwood Suite does. It's not scary, but it has a are, creepy yeah. what is going on here type. It makes you feel uneasy as you it play is. through it. Yeah. But in a interesting way that keeps you like what is going on in this world what is what's happening what am i doing here and i will say because it doesn't give you any direction at all so what you're doing is you're just doing a bunch of tasks for all the people that are at the hotel and you're an air boy basically yeah that's literally what you are (laughs) fetch me this Okay. Fetch me you, my spatula that's in the library for some reason. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like you've yeah. never found the remote control for your TV in the refrigerator. Come on, man. <laughs> it and, makes and, sense to me. And, and there are there are some really weird stuff in there, which is also but but it's also really cool. So there's um let me think what's what's one thing that happens. There's uh Someone needs a sandwich for some reason, so you have to go into the kitchen to make hungry. <laughs> what do you mean for some reason? I mean they are hungry, but there is <laughs> like a domino effect, you know. Like, yeah, I, I, know. Needed, I needed these people to do this thing, but in order for them to do that thing, they needed a sandwich because they were hungry. And the chef was somewhere else doing his own thing, and he needed a book for some reason, not a cookbook. It was just another book. So it's a book it, on the history of sandwiches. I'm totally following. <laughs> so it was just a domino effect. Um, so it's just stuff like that, that you have to, once you get in there and, and you're experiencing this stuff. Cause when I first started playing, the, you're the first task that's given to you is you have to give this dude his, his, uh, helmet, um, that he lost. And it's within the first two minutes of the game. Spoiler alert. First two minutes, you give the guy a helmet. Great. Now I'm not playing it, <laughs> but I didn't know that was going to be the game until several minutes later. None of the quests are optional. You have to do all of them. You have hmm. to. That's what I thought at first, is that it was, they were optional, but they're not. You have to do all of them. Okay. And it, once you start doing them, then it once you start completing more and more quests, a story starts to form. So, oh, I guess I should read the synopsis. <laughs> I did it for Offbeak. I didn't do that for this one. Um, there wasn't really much. It's a very vague synopsis, though. All it says is, journey to a hillside hotel brimming with odd characters, old secrets, and head nodding music. That's the synopsis. Okay, I'm back. um but really it's about uh this hotel the norwood suite is the name of the hotel named after a famous musician that is in not famous in real life famous in the game want to make that clear who goes missing but he's very famous for what he does and everyone in the hotel has different viewpoints on the artist himself like anybody would a famous artist today some people love him for being unique or some people love him for uh you know paying homage to the generations behind him while others were like, well, he stole music from the past or he did this or did that. And, you know, I've, it was just really interesting to see and hear all these different perspectives that I hear today, but told in a very unique and artistic way as well, which I was like, this is really cool. I enjoy this. This is what makes you think about how music's made today. Cause it was really a commentary on the music industry today, which I was like, this is not what I was expecting. This is just, That's pretty cool. just hit me. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and it was funny because there were the way characters' personalities are, a lot of them are basically stereotypes for different people in the music industry. Like, there's this one dude who's in an indie band, 
And so it was just kind of funny to see him like trying to get his music out there, trying to tell people like, hey, buy my music, do this. <clears throat> Whenever someone asked him about his hey, thoughts check on out my mixtape. Yeah, basically. <laughs> just a side hustle the entire game. That's literally that's what he does. And then at some point, because there's this famous DJ that's playing at the hotel, someone asked him about the thoughts of the DJ. And he, it was very pretentious, like a, someone like an like I know a lot of indie artists today, and it's it was just the, it was that same attitude. He was making fun of indie artists while also making a point at the same time, which I was like, this is really cool. That it it wasn't a knock on one side or the other, but both sides of the argument, really. Right. And he does, and Cosmo D does it throughout the entire game, and that's why the Norwood Sweet story is so much better than Off Peak. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Tell him to bring it to console. <laughs> what were you going to say, Cody? Oh, uh, nothing. I don't know. Okay. It looks like you're about to say something. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I'm yawning a lot right now. <laughs> Out of boredom because of the quarantine. Yeah. He's stretching his a, jaw. It's not a yawn. I took a two-hour nap all day today, and I'm still tired. So. <laughs> I find myself napping a lot more during quarantine, that's for sure. Yeah. Feels great. We're working still. We're working still, Phil. We are. We are. Working. I've seen your definition of work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I work more now than I did out of quarantine. So. So do I. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Norwood Suite. It's ten bucks. Um, so that it will cost money compared to Off Peak, which is free. But ten bucks for a two. I'll say. 1.5 to 3 hour experience it should take you uh, to go through and, and enjoy the story. Uh, you have any further questions, comments, concerns, either two of you? Because I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. But I, I did play it fairly recently as opposed to Cody who played it two years yeah. ago. <laughs> I should have replayed it, but... I should have watched a video on it, but that's too easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. So what would your score of this game be? I feel like I'm playing the role of Kyle. You are. <laughs> Where has Kyle been? I don't know. He's not talking to me today He's either. So to hell with him. I mean, to heck with him. <laughs> he is. I mean, he does have kind of a kid on the way. So maybe that has some. Oh, that's got everything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would I, I give it around one? a seven. <laughs> okay, I was going to I was going to give it like an eight. I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, I'm, I'm curious his next project and see what that brings to the table. Me too. Uh, so this the he has a game on the way. He does have a game on the way called Tales Peak City Volume One. It is coming out on May 15th uh, for 10 bucks. Uh, it is supposed to be set in the same universe, and I will say the Norwood Suite does end on a small cliffhanger. So I don't know if he's going to continue the story from there or continue the story from Off Peak City. Um, I don't know. I know a few people have played it already. I they, I, they, I don't know how, but there's stuff on YouTube already off the new game. So they got to play it early somehow. Um, and it looks great. It looks fantastic. Um, I can't wait to play it. We will review it when it comes out on May 15th. Um, I don't know. You guys have any questions real quick before we take a small break? I think oh. I'm okay-ish. Okay. Cody? No. All right. Well, we're going to take a small break. And then when we come back, we'll hit some news. And hitting off topic, I still have not yet decided. 
<laughs> It'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. It'll be a great one. Remember the first time you held a controller? That first cartridge you blew into so you could get that stinking game to work. What about your first comic you read? The first time you saw Star Wars years and years and years ago. Now you're an adult working full time to provide for you and your family. But even after all of your hard work, you still make it your quest to spend time with your kids, hoping they find even the slightest interest in some of the things that you had grown up loving. Video games, movies, comics, My Little Ponies. Join me, Kyle Fetterline, every Wednesday morning on my quest as I discuss with guests what it's like to raise a kid and watch them take after some of our own interests as kids or have no interest at all in the things that we had grown up loving. This is Parent Quest. Head on over to Anchor and ask me your questions, leave me a voice message, and follow me on Twitter at ParentQuestPod, Instagram and Facebook at ParentQuest. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hope you enjoyed those lovely ads, because I know I did. We should probably re-record those ads. At some we point. should probably do that and ask some people. We should, because I know a few people that aren't doing their shows anymore, and I haven't been playing. <laughs> yeah. like, but they're doing other things, and I'm like, I need you guys to make ads for the stuff you're doing currently. Like, like Katie has her podcast uh, where she interviews like different people. Like our mutual friend Reiner was on there, did a great job on the show, but Ooh. she doesn't. <laughs> our great friend Reiner from Game Informer I mean I've IGN, he works for IGN you wouldn't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> I only read EGM gotcha, gotcha <laughs> um, she doesn't really do the show anymore but but she's been streaming a lot lately and I'm like you should talk about that so that way we can plug that and Roger doesn't do gamer heads anymore but he has another show we will talk about later he's got two of those he's got two, that's right he's got two, I forgot that but he doesn't have ads for those, so I can't run the gamer heads ad. Stuff like that. I wish people. I'll just record them for him right now. There you go. I'm just go kidding. Ahead. <laughs> okay. Roger, I hope you're not listening. You're live. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I apologize, Roger, for saying you had one show when it's in reality, too. I'm aware of both shows. Anyway, so hitting up the news. Um, so first, I had Tales from Off-Peak City, Volume 1. I already talked about that. Releasing May 5th. Uh, and will be 10 bucks. And I will say, um, I put a language warning ahead of off topic. Um, I meant to say there is no language filter for, or warning rather for Norwood Suite. So it's all good to go there. Um, the next thing I have, um, I tried to see if Microsoft or Nintendo had anything like this, but I didn't see anything officially. But Sony for this quarantine um, announced a $10 million fund to help indie developers <clears throat> have been nice. impacted by the That's quarantine. Cool stuff yeah so i'm like hey that's really cool that's super awesome i mean i'm not saying microsoft and nintendo aren't doing those things but nothing's been said right. officially so 
Um, Sony was the only one who officially said anything about it. And right now, um, for PlayStation 4, if you have a PS4 laying around, Phil, Cody, I know you both do. Uh, you can actually get two games for free and you don't need PlayStation Plus to download them. Uh, and they are... Uh, Uncharted. Yes. I, 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 the Drake Collection. Yes, okay. Like good. all I, of I, them? Yeah, all uh, th- the yeah. one through one, two, one and three, three are on there. Yeah. And I think and it's the remastered version of them too. Yeah, it is. And then the other one is an indie game, Journey, which I have downloaded. Oh, yeah. I haven't played yet, so... I will definitely be playing that. I might even play. We should multiplayer that because I haven't played that yet either, and I downloaded. I didn't know it was multiplayer. I'm 98 percent certain. Okay, yeah, we can definitely do that multiplayer then. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I hear it's a beautiful game. I've just I've never had the. I've just never played it. I hear it kind of takes some getting into, and you either love it or hate it. But it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I, that's pretty much what I've heard as well. So yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, Journey. For those of you out there who have a PS4, Uncharted 1 through 3 and Journey are all free right now. And I'm pretty sure you don't need... It's not one of the like PS Plus things. I'm pretty sure I read I it was free. So. I can turn around and check. My, <laughs> oh, PS4, yeah. my PS4 is what I'm like, watching Star Wars on. So. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing we have... So what is today's day? Today is 419. This will go out 420. Nice. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I'm just letting every people, everyone know. So this is happening this week, April 24th to the through the 27th. It's called. I hope I'm. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Ludo Naricon, and it is a digital narrative indie game festival happening on Steam. I'm going to need you to translate everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me open Steam. What? <clears throat> so A digital narrative festival. Yeah. So that's what that's what I found out. Um, I can't remember how I found out about this. Um, it's a, a a digital festival celebrating narrative games is what it said. And, and what's it called? Oh, OK. Ludo, that makes more sense. Ludo Narracon. Uh, L-U-D-O-N-A-R-R-A-C-O-N. <laughs> yeah, Jay. Uh, I knew that was going to be hard. But so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everything's virtual, and it, it'll be happening on Steam. They'll have over 40 game exhibitors, ten over 10 panels from different people within the gaming industry. Um, and there will be over 20 playable demos so from what i've been able to read this is the first time they're trying this out so they're gonna have uh basically a page you can go to with all the different uh games of the developers that are uh participating in and if it has a demo you can play the demo and there should be some sort of way to watch uh basically a, a trailer but i'll have them speaking about it hmm. and then they're gonna have from what i can tell uh, different panels and stuff that'll be live, just like a normal con that you can go and visit and watch as well. So, cool. yeah, so it'll be uh, this Friday through Monday. Okay. Yeah, this Friday through Monday, April 24th through the 27th. Um, that be Thursday through Sunday? 
No. Oh, yeah, so, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. I suck at I was, math. I was looking at a calendar, so I could not get this wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I knew I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> so um, I'm going to attend it, I guess, you know, in a way, virtually, you know, and, and see what it's about. And I'll, I'll talk about it uh, next time we, we record. It should probably be next week. I'll probably do a mini episode on it. <laughs> Uh, to, yeah, it's just something that, you know, as we've grown as a show, we've been invited to more and more conventions. I think last year were the biggest ones that we attended so far and the most we've attended so far as well, which was great and awesome for all the different people to invite us and show off their new new projects and have us be there and report on it and stuff like that. But with all this, uh, you know, virus stuff going on, it's kind of hard to do that. So I'm glad someone out there is looking out for the people that are wanting to still show off their work and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, so we'll see what happens. Interesting. And I'm out of breath. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's all the news I had so far. It is, it's already hard to find indie news out there. Um, but with all this quarantine stuff, it's a lot harder. So I'm glad that, that there's still some stuff I, we can talk about that's still going on right now. Yep. In so now we're heading to our off topic. And our off topic, I already forgot what we decided on. <laughs> You're doing great, Kenton. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you. Impact Thank you. on your life. Yes, yes. Thank you. So, we are going to talk about games that had a huge impact on you in your life. It could be emotionally. It could be maybe the way uh, you saw the world differently. Maybe it impacted you on a personal level to where maybe you felt like you grew up a little bit in a way. Um, any Anything that you feel like it had a huge emotional impact on you in some way, shape, or form. Oh, Before you guys... Impact. You didn't say that. At first. It could be anything. Like I said, it could be anything, any kind of impact on you. And I want you guys to talk about the game and that kind of impact it had. But before you guys talk about it, I will say I got the idea from. So Donovan and I are running the YouTube channel for Real Dudes Podcast. And we do these discussions from time to time that um, we kind of don't talk about on the show, maybe, but me and him just kind of sit down and we just talk about uh, a topic and we just run with it. And that was something that we did discuss over there. So if you want to, I know the games that I'm going to mention probably won't be the same I mentioned on the YouTube channel because I feel like that I, I can bring light to some games I didn't talk about on there. Um, but yeah, you can definitely check out our, our thoughts and feelings that over there, uh, which is youtube.com and search for Real Dudes Podcast. We don't have a custom URL yet because we don't have enough subs. So go over and subscribe and we are constantly posting stuff over there. <laughs> so fellas, uh, uh, I'm going to start with Phil. I'm going to start with you first. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> do I need to do this in any particular order? Because I don't necessarily know if I've got an order to any of these. It can be in any order. That doesn't have to be an order. It doesn't have to and be one, two, three. Like one of just... them is a super cheesy answer, so uh, I'll save that one. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with one of them being the original Legend of Zelda. Wow. Yeah. Why is that? Because it showed that you could explore a game, and it showed like that kind mm -hmm. of open possibility of almost the advancement through everything and creating this mythical universe mm -hmm. with 
I don't even know how to say it, but it just like emphasized the exploration in games to try to find everything to make everything a little bit easier and better. Mm-hmm. And I was, hell, what year did that come out? 1986 or so. So, I mean, I would have been an eight-year-old at that time. Yeah, I know. You guys were both in the negative digits. So, like, yes. experiencing <laughs> that, the original Legend of Zelda is like an eight-year-old and having having that open your eyes after being stuck with the Atari 2600 for however many years. And mm-hmm. a lot of people point to Mario Brothers as being the big game changer because of platforming. But I'm going to say Zelda even more so because, like, you could basically platform on the Atari. Like, Pitfall was mm-hmm. a platformer, essentially. Sure, there were games kind of similar to Zelda, like Adventure Was, I believe was the name of the game, where you were exploring like a, a 2D type of a world, but Zelda's kind of had that different feel to it. And it had that it it gave a very simple sense of danger when you were inside of each and every one of the different temples, and all the temples felt differently, but the music was amped up to a different level where you were just kind of like, oh, it's getting real now. Mm-hmm. And the varying amounts of boss battles and incorporating all the different items that you used against the bosses, like it really just set the tone for what video games could be in my brain. So, quick question about that you know, being eight year old Phil experiencing Zelda for the first time, a lot of people said, no, I have played the original Zelda, but it was many, many years after it came out like i didn't play it until i was like in my early to mid teens that mm-hmm. i played the first zelda but a lot of people did compare that first zelda to breath of the wild do you would you say that those thoughts were similar just it was a uh, like breath of the wild was an updated version of that or would you say it was just different and on its own and you wouldn't compare the two i mean i could i could see where that analogy comes from but i, I can't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with it because breath of the wild is i mean they're both very freeform games right where but breath of the wild just it takes it to the next level and with the breakable weapons and the exploration of all the other like side temples and dungeons and stuff yeah i guess all those were there in the original legend of zelda as well i get it yeah makes sense to me okay i was just curious as someone who did play both initially i know relatively when they first came out so but i mean to me that just zelda games for the most part just kind of hit that same note and they hit it really really well each and every time which is what makes them so untouchable i agree i completely agree there's like, it they has- haven't strayed too far off the original formula for anything, including Breath of the Wild, which whenever everybody was like, this is so new and so different for a Zelda game. And I'm just like, it's really okay. <laughs> like, even in the original Zelda game, like the original one, there were places you shouldn't go until you had certain pieces of armor, which is the exact same concept that Breath of the Wild has to it. Right. It's, it's, it's not that much different. Yeah, and that's originally why I brought it up, because technically, if you, as soon as you get your sword, you could go to the last boss and be Ganon mm-hmm. if you wanted to. It's really hard, but you could do it. Yeah. You could go anywhere in the game as long as you, especially once you knew that the how to get through the Lost Woods and all that kind of good stuff in the original Legend of Zelda, which God only knows how long that took us to get through because we didn't have that cool thing called the internet. We were running to the grocery store wherever to go scour Nintendo Power or whatever magazine might have been laying around that would tell us how to get through the Lost Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going with that. Okay, very nice. Uh, Cody? Well, my... F- <laughs> that was just one wasn't it are we just going one by one yeah we'll go one by one one by one okay i feel like my most notable game that had an impact on my life i feel like i'm in mm-hmm. school doing a <laughs> doing uh, an essay topic yeah <laughs> um i think would be spider-man for the original playstation mm-hmm. and i've talked about this before on the podcast just because this game was i don't know basically one of my first video games mm-hmm. okay back mm-hmm. to when my best friend had a console and i didn't i would go, always go over there and we'd boot up spider-man we'd play through the entire campaign and 
just you're talking about the original one from neversoft right that ran off the tony hawk engine yeah that game was awesome that game is awesome (laughs) i know (laughs) and it's like so i've always been a spider-man buff since that one Mm -hmm. okay and it's just because that had all the covers and stuff you could collect in the costumes right yeah God, that game was, there was I might have to plug in my PlayStation. Put in at the beginning, which would unlock everything for you. Yep. As you know, what's as, funny? I, I mean, I've played that game before, but uh-huh. I didn't play it on PlayStation. There's an N64 version of it out. There. Oh, really? That's right. But it's more known for being on the PlayStation than it is the N64. But okay. it's just funny when people say that. I'm like, man, I, I experienced that on the N64. Well, because I don't, I don't see. I don't think of Spider-Man being on Nintendo. No. Yeah, I no. I feel like the, it's Sony. It should be on PlayStation. It's, I mean, all the like major Spider-Man games were known on the PlayStation consoles, mm-hmm. but there were a few of them on others, like the Spider-Man movies. Those were all right, on Xbox and everything. I want to say yeah, they were yeah. on the GameCube and all that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, That's but how they like, did that open world, like freeform style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just want to throw that in there real quick. Go ahead, Cody. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's just that one just has a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is the most one of the most influential games of my 25 years of life. <laughs> 25. <laughs> 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 I just want to throw that in there for Phil. <laughs> you might have to get a, another beer out there, Phil. He's <laughs> false. He's three more. Oh. I can, three. That was my second, man. That was oh. the second. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, very nice. What about you, Carrington? Your number, your my. I don't think I mentioned this on the YouTube channel. Like, I haven't seen that video since it first came out. I oh, yeah, you I, have to name three different ones other than in 2015. Guy. Yeah, like I said, I don't think I'm. I'm pretty sure I didn't mention, but um, Fantasy Star Online. I've talked about it on the show before. I know, Phil. I have to though. I, I was I fixing my hat. Oh. I don't know what you're giving the attitude about. Jeez. <laughs> Um, at a time where online gaming wasn't very common, I mean, it's so weird to say that now because it's even integrated in the most basic, even single player games. Um, online features are just integrated in all our games. You cannot get away from it, no matter what you, what you say or do or try. They're, they're in all of our games, basically everything you touch. But back then... It was a, it was a big deal. Uh, that game came out originally on the Dreamcast, and it then it got a re-release on the GameCube, which is how I played it on the GameCube. Um, it just blew my mind that not only could I play this game offline, split screen with my siblings, which we did. I pr- we probably spent hundreds upon hundreds of hours. Like I spent more time on Fantasy Star Online than I did Destiny One. And I put probably around 600 <laughs> hours in Destiny 1. <laughs> well, then I'm curious. Time wasted on Destiny. <laughs> right? Um, but that's just the, uh, like, in that game, I don't think it even had that much of content available to you. It's just, I just love that game so much, whether I was playing online and, and chilling in lobbies, talking with people, or um, playing it with my brother and sister and we were just playing it together locally. I have so many memories tied to that game. It's incredible. And it was my first real, I guess, RPG that I played as well that had like stats I had to worry about trying to 
uh, you know, max out certain stats. And you have these little pets called mags or like little robots that follow you around that also boost your stats and trying to make sure that they boost the right stats for you. And I was just so invested. I've never, I shouldn't say I never, that was the first game I was invested in like that. in. You know, because the things like YouTube wasn't necessarily around yet, but there was just a bunch of forums and stuff that were just dedicated to this game. And, and I had never been a part of a community before um, when it comes to the gaming and stuff. So that was just really new and an experience for me that I'll never forget. And which is why I love Fantasy Star Online 2 now, because I, I feel like I'm a, a teenager again. And it's just such a weird feeling, but awesome. Holy cow. How much time have you wasted on Destiny, Cody? Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> so Destiny one. Somebody just screenshot that picture of Cody's face when oh, he had the realization yeah. how many hours he sunk into it. Just that is shock and awe at its finest. Destiny one, one thousand eighty-four hours and eighteen minutes. Damn! Wow. With six hours of deleted content or deleted characters that i've played and then destiny 2 uh, if i add up console around 1150 hours so you even played two more than one apparently (laughs) (laughs) well because my uh time on destiny 2 has been 915 hours so far but I played 200 hours on console as well as PC before cross save. So that's only like 45 days. It's not that bad. It's true. Days are a lot. God. That's Granted, that's a full day, not just a random three hour chunk of a day, but it's only 45 days. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sheesh. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, I'm trying to find my character on Destiny One to compare. I I can find Destiny Two. I have around 110 hours in Destiny Two, so I haven't played it a whole lot. Desert Fury 90, right? Yeah. I can only find Destiny Two stats for some reason. This is the content you guys have been creating. This is this you is this is great. <laughs> and and a friend of mine, because we were playing Destiny around the other night, and we were talking about Destiny One, and those are great times, man. Yeah, why can't I only find your Destiny Two content? Yeah, see, exactly. I I don't know why I weird. My D One, I haven't deleted Destiny One or anything. Huh. Oh well, I knew it was around like six or seven hundred hours back back when I was like dedicated to that game. Yeah. All right, Phil, your your next game that that impacted you. I uh, it's kind of an entire series, kind of again, okay. but uh, more so just one of them. But I'm gonna go ahead and say that's Grand Theft Auto Three. Why is that? Showed me the joy of a sandbox world where I could do anything that I wanted <laughs> with hidden secrets and more. And it's only evolved. And I'm still a sucker for any sandbox game you throw in front of me because of Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto 3. I was going to say right now, you got a little theme going on right now. 
Yep. Sandboxy. I like, I like my open world sandbox games. I love being able to do anything that's thrown in front of me. I like being mm-hmm. able to explore hidden secrets. That's like that's why I can only play like one Assassin's Creed game every two years because those games are huge, gigantic, and oh I just God. get lost in them. Mm-hmm. I still why... think Black Flag is one of the epitome. Black Flag is awesome, man. Being a pirate and sailing around the ship and murdering other pirates, that was so much fun. Like I said, sandbox games. I'm a sucker for them. They changed mm-hmm. my life in every type of different direction. So I have but, a question. I haven't really played those games. So three is listed as one of the greatest games of all. Five is listed as a game that's still very much alive right mm-hmm. now, even though it came out several years ago. But no one ever talks about four. It, was it good? Yeah, four was awesome. Okay. It had two pieces of DLC that com- not I shouldn't say completely changed that game around, but the two pieces of DLC added so much content to that game that they were so much more worth playing. The thing is that 5 is a much, much more polished version of 4, not that 4 was unpolished, mm-hmm. but 5 took it to the next level and made the world about 10 times bigger than it was in 4, and you could switch between characters instead of just being focused on one single character being Nico in 4. You had everybody else that you could play as in 5, and that, that was a game changer. Gotcha. Okay. I, it was just curious because you just don't hear it discussed in like the greatest no, games of not all, all time kind of thing or game history. It's usually three or five. So I was just yep. curious about that. Well, that's part of the reason for three is because it brought that entire open world to the 3D realm and mm-hmm. let you do it in that style and, and freed it up even more than like Ocarina of Time did because you were mm-hmm. still semi-constrained there where in in Grand Theft Auto 3, it was just you could do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And people did, and they wrote about it on every website known to man, because that was as websites were starting to become a thing. Yeah, yeah. And YouTube still was not really a thing yet, but it was. (laughs) And now people still do it, and even with Animal Crossing. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Cody? Number two, um, I think would be Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube. That game is so good, too. Wow. That's yeah. Out of all like the mainstream Mario games, for whatever reason, that's the most underrated one in my opinion. I agree, completely agree. I think it was a great game, but no one ever talks about it or really anything. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy you brought that up, Cody. Yeah, yeah. That introduced me to the world of Nintendo and Mm -hmm. Mario, and that was just a great game to play. And it was so pretty too. One of yeah. Mm-hmm. For the it's time, still pretty. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, when they're remaking it too, aren't they? Are they? There's I a thought lot they just of... recently announced that. Yeah, let me find out. I know there was a lot of heavy rumors that it was coming out. Like I want to say they made the uh, the announcement right around that March 10th date or whatever that they like to proclaim as Mario Day. But I thought it was a kind of a done deal. It was Sunshine 64 and maybe Galaxy are all getting remakes. Uh, several sources confirm it, but Nintendo hasn't officially said anything. But a lot of websites are reporting that, hey, our sources have confirmed yep. that a 64 and Mario Sunshine remake are on that the way. That would be cool. Yep. I would play the heck out of a Sunshine remake. Oh, sure. Just like your GTA 3, 4, and 5 you were referring to, Phil, Mario Sunshine falls into the GTA 4 column where it's just like, it's a really great It's so good, but just for some reason, it just, it just doesn't gets get surpassed the by a few of the other ones. Well, it's because it's not your classical plat- like platforming style Mario game. It had a lot more to do with cleaning off the surfaces for everything, not to steal your thunder at all, Cody. But like, 
that game was all about cleansing the earth instead of like just rescuing the princess. It was, mm-hmm. it, it just had a different feel to it. And it was a good feel. Yeah. And everything was, uh, so to me, I feel like that was like the start of Mario being having like these really super bright colors. Like even though Mario 64 is bright and so is like Super Mario <laughs> World. And so is Super Mario World. But there was just a certain like, I don't know. That's just because TVs got better, man. That's the only <laughs> difference. I mean, that's what it is. I feel like every Mario game after that right. had similar, like shiny, exactly. glossy feel to it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Everything just got better. Because <laughs> when I think of Mario Sunshine, I just think of like this super polishy, glistening. Oh yeah, but part of that too is the the kind of the muckiness of the paint that, or I don't remember if it was paint or what it was that they were spraying on everything, but that kind of like brought down the tone of everything and it had a certain sheen to it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that just, it was, it was nice counterbalance. And on top of that, it was a bright tropical location the entire time where yeah. Mario's mm-hmm. have never really been bright tropical locations. And Mario got tan as time went on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my next game, I guess I should have been thinking about this. Um, oh yeah. You put the rest of us to work, but you don't do any yourself. I'm exactly. Yep. <laughs> Um, so I know I will say this on the YouTube channel for sure. I know I mentioned Knights of the Republic, so I'll put that in the honorary mention, honorary mentions column. That was a good game too. Fantastic. It was great. Um, I'm going to mention though, um, a a Star Wars game. I'll mention, uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Um, to me, I love, uh, I love flying. I love flight sims and I feel like, there aren't a whole lot of space flight sims I can get into even today. I mean, I own Elite Dangerous on the Xbox and PC. I, I enjoy it to a point. Um, there are other flight sims out there that I enjoy as well. Oh, we lost Cody. I, I'm I, here. I'll say I see him, sort of. Um, but X-Wing, Star Wars X-Wing versus TIE Fighter just had a certain flair to it that I think is still missing today um, as far as space flight sim goes because something like Elite Dangerous is just so super realistic. Like there's hyperspace lanes. Everyone has a job to do. I just want to fly and blow stuff up. Why can't I do that anymore? You know? (laughs) I honestly thought about putting the original X-Wing on my list. I was a junior in high school, sophomore in high school when that came out back in 1994-ish. Mm-hmm. And being the Star Wars nerd that I am, me and my good friend Doug Mueller, we used to sit in his basement and play it for hours upon hours upon hours. And between like the FMV and just the controls of the game, because he actually Mm -hmm. had uh, like flight stick type of a thing that we used to play with, like we just got lost and immersed in it. It felt so good to play. And as the sequels kept coming out, they kept getting better and better and better. It's a wonderful Mm -hmm. series that needs to be revisited. I I agree. I mean, X-Wing really started it all. TIE Fighter story, I feel like, was better than X-Wings. And then you had X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which just brought everything together, which was Mm -hmm. just beautiful, beautiful franchise that needs... It's weird to say that Star Wars has, like, sub-franchises, but that was a franchise that definitely needs uh, some more love today in today's world. I mean, I'd even be content seeing, like, a a revival of the old Rogue Squad franchises as well, because those were a ton Mm -hmm. of... Yeah, those were... Those were still... I mean, and those were Nintendo exclusives, which you don't uh, see a whole yep. lot today anymore where a sub franchise has an exclusive, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so weird to say sub franchise. Um, but yeah, X Wing versus TIE Fighter will be on my list because I can remember, I mean, even to this day, um, that's a game that me and my brother did play, 
but we would wait for our dad to come home and then we would watch them watch him play and we that's we just the three of us would just sit there and watch watch our dad play uh for for hours and we loved it yeah i i even still watch my dad play games today it's so weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was watching him play uncharted four weeks ago oh that's pretty great nice. mm-hmm. so uh moving on phil your your next game you would say your next and last game because we're only in the top three this is going to be the one where uh i might get a little bit weird and sentimental because it's uh I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of this game before. It's a little game called Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've heard of it before. <laughs> um, besides the fact that I've made a couple of really, really good friends out of this entire Overwatch experience because they randomly decided to hit myself and some unknown person up one night to see if we wanted to party up and play with them. The IGN editor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a game that... What is it? What are we on now? Year three? Four? I think I think this is year four. Uh, it's definitely three or four. I, I don't know. But they keep giving us new content. I know. <laughs> and, and it's and, enough to keep us coming back almost every single night. I know. Like, no other game has done this before for free. <laughs> and, and I will say, too, like, even though we haven't played it recently, it's just it's kept us together in a weird way, too. That game makes us so angry, not at each other, but just at the game and random teammates and sometimes your stupid diva bombs, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but it's it's a game that has forced companionship in my life with two people that I never would have known, actually four people I never would have known, mm-hmm. and a small handful of others. It actually kind of rekindled, well, no, because we've always been friends. Makes me dislike him. <laughs> I take it all back. Erase Overwatch. (laughs) It's a game that just kind of keeps giving and giving and giving. Even when it sucks, it's usually fun. Unless you just get wiped in it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we're on what? Season 21 now? And I've been playing since season 2 or 3. And even now that I'm not playing, I've still played 3 times this week. Mm -hmm. And I'm not playing it. It's it's just a game that I keep coming back to. And I've never had that kind of a hook in the game before. And and we were, even though I don't know if I've it's in the show or not but you have those pops and i have i've got quite a few pops of all overwatch stuff i met diva voice actress which was really cool it's just it's really made this put us down a path that i would have never imagined when that game first came out so many years ago nope and i I mean that person and i we've been playing co-op games together for 24 years or so and like we we've got this weird thing that we just kind of mess with each other the entire time we play games and you've been introduced to it just with the stupid sprain of the feet thing where you can't even stand still in the it stands still in the lobby because otherwise your feet are going to tag then you just get made fun of mm-hmm. we've been doing that for 24 years and we've been now been doing this in this game for the last four years as well and it's it's spread our brand to everybody else and it's <laughs> i don't know it, it's it's just been a lot of fun and i hate the game and i'll never stop playing it understood <laughs> i can honestly i don't i think i've played it maybe three or four times since this quarantine thing started i haven't played it much but yeah it's 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 great fun still you still go to it it fits like a glove like mm-hmm. even if you're at a at a, at a sync and out of rhythm it's i don't know they keep bringing back new new maps new characters keep everything fresh enough that you're you're not playing the same game every time and it is one of the few games that I have to pay for and I own on 
all three consoles because I'm dumb like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own it on Switch. That's the only system I don't own. Switch. I do. <laughs> uh, Cody, your your third game. Uh, even though I talked about how I spent two thousand hours on Destiny Two, or Destiny is not included on this list, I will say. Mm -hmm. But Halo, in general because mm -hmm. i can't narrow it down to which halo but halo in general makes the list because halo was my introduction to the world of first person shooters mm -hmm. and then that opened the door to everything how toxic it might have been <laughs> <laughs> and still is in all first person shooters are yeah but i think halo by what bungie's first i don't know if it was for their first project but they're it was biggest recognizable there. project. Yeah, right? there you go. Yeah, that's that's more accurate because I think they yeah. had a couple probably, smaller games before that. I think. Yeah, but that's what they got noticed for, and ever since that, with also memories of playing it with friends and family, and just hunkered down in the on a TV and <laughs> playing uh, through the story on hardcore with all the skulls on and. Just going through it and seeing how far we can get. I did just a ton of fun. And I will say, because uh, when I was a teenager, um, I, I only experienced the multiplayer. So that was my, like, okay. all my Halo memories as a teenager were through the multiplayer. And I can just say through the multiplayer alone, it, it was so different. Like, you have these certain milestones in multiplayer through the years. Like, you know, on the N64, you had Goldeneye. Huge multiplayer game for bunch of different reasons yeah. and halo was that next step in there and for obvious reasons halo 2 is one of the greatest multiplayer games in, in video game history for many reasons i remember sitting in the basement of my friend adam's house having three or four tvs and three or four xboxes hooked up and basically land party land parties i got a yeah. couple of really good friends out of that entire out of that entire thing like bungie does shooters really really well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm later, not a huge destiny fan but man they do well so good. Yeah, I agree. And those stories to the Halo stories. There's a story in Halo. <laughs> They're phenomenal. They are, <laughs> they are great. I I recently just... Uh, and when Halo 5 came out, I just like binged 1 through 4 and then played 5 because I had never played them before that. And I was like... I'm like emotionally exhausted. I was not expecting that out of those games. Like by the time I played four, I was like, like I teared up at the end and I'm like, I, that Halo's not supposed to do that. It's not that kind of game, but it, it turns out it is. In all fairness, I tune out story in 80% of games. I watch the cutscenes, I hear the words, I read the words, but just it for some reason just goes beyond me. <laughs> just go, it goes over <laughs> your head kind of thing. Not even over my head. It's just okay. like, I'm like, Okay, yeah, whatever story. Like, unless it's something mm -hmm. that grips me instantaneously, I'm pretty much out. Like, I couldn't even tell you the story of half the games that I know and love just because I love the gameplay that much. It had mm -hmm. little to do with the story, but that's just me. Fair and enough. I made fun of that for a long time as well. Like, <laughs> oh, story, yeah, cool. I mean, it's all good. It, it, that's the glorious thing about just something like video games in general. It, yeah. you, you, People can you, play it how they want to. Yeah, and, and but, everyone has their own connection to it. And conversely, there are stories that absolutely grip me in that it take me for 
an absolute ride that I didn't think we're going to. For example, mm-hmm. the first Bioshock. Hell, all three of the Bioshocks at this point. Like, yeah. I love the gameplay, love the stories. That's a game that I debated throwing on my list just because that atmosphere, and it was so intense. Same with Resident Evils. I pay attention to all those stories. They make no sense, but I pay attention <laughs> to them. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. Here you are. Just, I mean, like I said, I, because I, I think that when people play certain games, you know, people will have their own viewpoints on them. And it's really cool to hear everyone's different perspective on things and how they perceive things. And it's just, it's a medium that you not, I think that only music people can really share. I mean, because most movies are pretty straightforward unless they're like artistic or abstract. Um, And same with TV shows. I mean, music just has a certain thing that, you know, when the person who it, Maybe they thought of a certain thing, but when you hear it and experience it, all three of us might think of something different when we hear a certain song. And beauty games also have that have yep. that aspect to them as well, which is beautiful and glorious. Which is why I I love hearing everyone's list of things that impact you because maybe I experienced a game that you guys played, but I didn't have any emotional connection to it. Like mm-hmm. like Spider Man, for example. Uh, Cody mentioned Spider Man. I, I played that that game even though it was on the n64 it wasn't the playstation i don't have an emotional attachment to it not That's that it's because a bad you game played it on the n64 otherwise <laughs> yeah, you would have had the emotion <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but but i mean even i didn't have that emotional attachment to it it's just really cool to see everyone's uh mm-hmm. background and experiences about a certain game well and i think a lot of times when it comes to story connection with things it's just a matter of like how much the subject itself relates to you and what your mm-hmm. feelings on the subject are like this is going to sound awful, but as a huge Star Wars fan, I don't care about most sci-fi stuff at mm-hmm. all. But then you throw Star Wars in the mix and just like, I will devour this entire thing. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, it speaks to me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's just how some people are. I thought was for 90% of my life as well when it comes to sci-fi up until, I don't know, to my 20s, basically. <laughs> You're only 30. That doesn't equal 95. That's 66. It's almost a 6.5. All right, Carrington, what's your last one? My last one. I keep going over it over and over in my head. I'm like, what game should I highlight this time? Um, And I think I'm going to go with SSX Tricky. Um, It's a game that I... It's another one of those games um, in the vein of where I spent hours upon hours. I mean, it's a game where hours like time isn't tracked mm-hmm. but i know i spent hundreds upon hundreds of hours in that game unlocking playing. all the characters getting every big thing down every single mountain that game was so mm-hmm. good it was all so those, good. all those ea big games were great it's too bad they went away because they saturated the market with them yeah like i still love like nba street and mm-hmm. nfl street like those games were great i owned them all they were yep and i love playing them and ssx tricky was like that first game and that's those ea sports big uh brand that i played and i was like sports games can be over the top crazy and zany and still fun i because at at that point i'd only played stuff like you know like the madden series or nba i guess nba jam was kind of over the top and zany but nba street was just the nba street was just different though you know like you could use the the different like dunks and the different like basketball moves like it was just a whole nother level you know yeah, I can I can see that easily. I yeah. spent a lot of time at the SSX games as well. It's too bad the reboot didn't go as well as it should have. Yeah. 
Uh, it I didn't mean, I, suck, but right. It's I was just, I was not just about a great to say game. That. Yeah. Like the soundtrack was still very SSX like because that was mm-hmm. something I loved about SSX Tricky. Um, it was just there was just something missing, and I'm like, it's not as like cartoony as it should. It, it, they That's tried what to a big part of it was. Yeah, yeah they they tried to ground it and make it realistic. I'm like, this is not the SSX that I I remember. Mm-mm. And it was also the first time that I paid attention to voice acting in a game as well. Because at the time, I mean, I played it on the GameCube. I mean, voice acting was starting to become the normal. Right. But then I, but then I wanted to know the voices behind those characters. And I'm like, I, I had never done that before. I was, because it mentions it in the, and I remember it mentioned the all the characters, the voice actors in the, in the manual. And it was the yep. first time I became a David Arquette fan. I'm like, hey, this guy's awesome. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> As well as many, many other people that were in there. But gosh, I, if I, if I, I wish Donovan was here and I, I, to see his expression when I bring up SSX Tricky. He says, we, and I love the whole like the system of like there was a rivalry system and yep. different uh, characters had different friends and enemies and all this other stuff. And it was just awesome to see. Yeah, it was a really fun game. And on that note, uh, if you guys made it this far, congratulations. I I would love to hear what the uh, the games that impacted you the most. So hit us up uh, on the social media, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Heck, even if you want to send in a voicemail or comment on our YouTube channel with the same video, let us know. Um, we would love to hear from you about this stuff. Like I said, I find we all find this stuff fascinating, and it's just mm-hmm. fun to hear everyone's background, what impacted you. And like I said, I try to keep my game list different. So if you want to hear a different list, it should be different on our YouTube channel. Um, Phil. Yes, I'm here. I, <laughs> I, I know that you are regularly on a different show now so where can people hear phil the chef on a regular basis Uh, for those of you that want to torture your ears a little bit more uh myself roger reichardt formerly of gamerheads podcast mike of tc throwers and jordan who had made a couple of appearances on gamerheads and was a writer on a bunch of different video games we do a little thing called the nindy focus podcast where we talk about uh independent games on the nintendo switch we break down ones that are currently on sale that are a really good deal, really good price, and what we're playing on them. It's it's a fun little time, and it's pretty informative as well. Cool. Again, Nindy Focus, and I think you can find it on Gamerhead's PC on Twitter. Or actually, Nindy Focus, or Focus Nindy on Twitter. I don't know. I'm very unprepared like usual. <laughs> it's all good, and, and I know Roger is actually really good as well. Because mm-hmm. um, Gamerhead is as well that's what it is the dialogue tree i was about to look it up i'm like i know i haven't listened to shows like i normally would on during quarantine so i couldn't remember the name of it but i have listened to it and And that one he interviews different creators of different games as well uh he's he's a very good conversation i agree and which is why that i think it works Mm -hmm. um and he's very he's a very likable guy which helps a lot too very happy man laughs a lot (laughs) he does (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to talk about. I don't have anything else in the notes, but I don't think I have anything else to talk about or speak of. Um, does anybody else have anything they would like to talk about or end with uh, before we head out? Uh, I've got something I'd like to end with. Go right ahead, Phil. Phil the ready? show. I'm you ready. Guys ready? It's all going to end right now. Okay. Have a rad day. <laughs>